Please be seated. When I was a child, I loved Christmas morning. That's no great revelation, is it? What child does not love Christmas morning? Our family tradition was to spend Christmas at my mama and papa's camp on the Natchez River whenever we were able. Now, some years we were out of the country and we weren't able to make it, but if at all possible, the preferred place to spend Christmas was at the Natchez River camp. There was always such anticipation for Christmas morning at the camp. Usually the anticipation was for a particular toy that I had my eye on from the Sears wish book. Does everyone know what I'm talking about? The Sears wish book was the greatest thing on planet Earth when I was a kid. When it came in the mail, I could spend hours looking through the toy section. I'd bypass all the clothes and the toys for girls. Why they put that stuff in there, I never could figure out. But I'd zip past it to the really good stuff. The Hot Wheels, the train sets, the Tonka trucks. One year, Remco came out with the treacherous Camelback Skyway for Mighty Mike trucks. <coughs> this was the holy grail of battery-operated toys, I'm telling you. As far as I was concerned, this 12-foot-long bridge that went from the floor to a dizzying height of three feet off the ground in the center and then back down to the floor again as far as I was concerned this was the epitome of Christmas morning anticipation as the motorized trucks climbed to the top and down the other side the bridge would flex and swing and twist and sway dangerously in fact the word Dangerous and treacherous was printed on the box. It had to be completely death-defying. <laughs> Seeing that incredible toy in the wish book, I circled it with a red magic marker. And I dog-eared the page so that mom and dad would be sure to see it. I drew pictures of it and put them on the refrigerator. I told the Santa Claus at the Gateway Shopping Center all about it. I covered all the bases, and there was no way that Christmas morning was going to arrive without a Camelback Skyway under Mama and Papa's Christmas tree. With that kind of excitement and anticipation about Christmas morning, it's easy to see how the true meaning of Christmas might 
have been lost on me as a child. Except that my mom and dad knew Jesus. And they made sure that we went to Sunday school and church every week. Now, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that early foundation in the Christian faith, even though I drifted for a while as an adult. Because I returned to it and have been immeasurably blessed by it ever since. So blessed, in fact, that I can't figure out for the life of me why it took me so long to come back. See, Mom and Dad were there for my brothers and sisters and me as we grew up. They were present. I know that always doesn't happen in the world these days. So I know how truly good we had it as kids to have the presence of parents in our lives. Presence is important. Being present. Being in the relationship. Committing to the relationship. Being a presence in the lives of others. Being there moment by moment, day by day, in for the long haul, through thick and thin, it's important. Presence. The gospel lesson this evening from Luke is about presence. It's the Christmas story we are all familiar with. And it tells of the birth of Jesus in the manger in the little town of Bethlehem. It's a great story made all the more wonderful by the fact that it is in every way true. Now you may or may not be aware that there is another version of the Christmas story that I think speaks especially well to this idea of presence. Now, it's found in the Gospel, not in Matthew, Mark, or Luke, but in the Gospel of John. John, the disciple who refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. John, who was within the inner circle of Jesus' friends, and perhaps knew Jesus in a way that the other disciples did not. See, John's Christmas story doesn't talk about mangers or ends full to capacity or angels or bright guiding stars suspended over sleepy towns named Bethlehem. You won't find any of that in John's gospel account. It begins like this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
all things came into being through him. And without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The word to which John refers is, in fact, Jesus. Jesus is the word. In the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, God communicated his word to his people through prophets. But in the New Testament, the New Covenant, God communicated his word by becoming the living embodiment of of his word. So if we place the name of Jesus into the scripture in place of the word, it sounds like this. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it, and Jesus became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the word. Jesus became flesh. So instead of the usual Christmas imagery, you get something different here. Something more fundamental and basic to the idea that God really wanted to be present. He wanted to be a present father. He loved us so much that he wanted to communicate a message to us in the most tangible and personal way possible. So he became human. He became the incarnate deity, Emmanuel, God with us. God present with us. The very presence of God, not in spirit, but in flesh. The infinite became the infant. Why on earth would he do that? John says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. See, the Apostle Paul explains it this way in Galatians 4. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, 
in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. See, God sent his son to redeem fallen humanity, to reconcile us back to him. And he chose that way because the only way for him to guide his wayward sheep back into the fold was to be a present shepherd. Sheep don't follow an absent shepherd. Children don't grow into mature, responsible adults without guidance, without a loving, nurturing presence in their lives. Now, many years ago, I woke up before my brothers and sister and my cousins on a cool Christmas morning in a warm bed in my mamma and papa's camp house on the banks of the Natchez River. And my first thought was to stealthily tiptoe down the hallway to the great room where the Christmas tree stood. And as I peered in the room, the big colored bulbs, do you remember those? The big colored bulbs of the tree lights illuminated all the presents under the tree. And the smell of fresh coffee with chicory, you Louisiana folks. Fresh coffee with chicory filled my nose. Mamaw and Papa were already up and fixing breakfast downstairs. Mom and Dad were in the great room drinking hot tea and reading their Bible lesson out loud to each other, which they did. My eyes searched the perimeter of the tree, looking for the large box that I knew had to be there somewhere. And I recall my dad paused from his reading and he motioned for me to come and sit. That's the last thing I wanted to do was go and sit. But I sat cross-legged on the floor and they continued reading. The lesson was about the Christmas story. The one from Luke that we all know so well. My dad was a great reader. And the story was fascinating. And for those few minutes there, in the quiet of the morning, I appreciated, probably for the first time that I can recall in my young life, that Christmas was all about presents and not all about presents. Now, don't get me wrong. There was plenty of joy to be had in the treacherous Camelback Skyway that morning. 
But as I reflect on that time, what I cherish the most is the memory of my mom and dad reading from the Bible to just me. Presence. It's the message of Jesus. It's the message of Christmas. Be present for someone this Christmas. Because it truly is the gift that matters most. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.